What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Jordan Kurtz with the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast, as well as the MMA plug presented by DenverSportsBetting.com on Mile High Sports Radio. Got a special guest joining us here along today, Coach Danny Molina out there at Skywalker 101 Boxing out there in Omaha, Nebraska. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. The Santana to my JD. <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> now i don't know how many people out there are you know i'm going to truly understand that reference but for those right. of you who do you get extra points in my book for sure for sure <laughs> we don't fake it we just take it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely the respect the respect <laughs> yep but coach thank you again so much for uh, for taking the time to hop on it's uh it's been kind of a kind of a crazy year for everybody out yep. there so why don't you just real quick let everybody know where they can follow you where they can follow the gym all the little updates on the business end uh for sure so we have a pretty heavy social media presence um on Facebook and Instagram, it's just Skywalker 101 Boxing. Um, my own personal Instagram is just Coach Danny Molina. Uh, and like I said, we're pretty heavy on Facebook and Instagram. So you can give us a follow there. Uh, I put out, uh, I have a social media guy that puts out all of our fights and all our information and pictures and videos and so on and so on. All, all the good stuff. So, nice, nice. Very nice. Yep. So, Co Coach, uh, you got a wall full, uh, wall full of hardware there behind you. You right, right oh, yeah. in the gym right now? Yeah, actually, so I actually I had the belts out in the gym uh, on the mat and, uh, you know, up on the wall, hanging up on the wall on the mat. And uh, I, I got to a point where I was just like, I noticed a lot of amateurs would, would stop and just kind of stare at the wall and read the belts and stuff like that. And, and it kind of hit me like, this isn't, these belts aren't really what you should be aiming for. Like, they're, yeah, they're a small stepping stone in their memories, but that's just all they are. You know, when I have a when I have a really good, you know, seasoned amateur that that's that's looking to turn pro, I didn't want him to look at this belt and be like, uh, "All right, like I'm gonna win this belt, and then I think I'm I'm, I'm the biggest fish in this small pond, and 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 I'm done." You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I I don't have to work hard anymore, and this and so, um, I moved them all to my office, and it was and honestly, it's just to uh, establish dominance when I have new people coming to the gym. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey you gotta flex no, on them a little I, bit right I, yeah just it, for me it's just memories now you know they, uh, they, they mean something but in the grand scheme of things for training they they really don't you know you know what I mean it's a good it's a good like uh indicator to see where you're at if you're an amateur that's got a belt um for you know for a pretty strong regional promotion but at the end of the day it's that's yeah, not what you should be aiming for you know it, it really isn't so Pretty crazy, though. I mean, Omaha, of all places, in you know, middle of Heartland America, you guys have arguably the pound-for-pound -pound greatest boxer out there that's active right yeah. now, as well as you have one of the top light heavyweights who is one of your right. athletes in Anthony right. Smith. Like, yeah. Pretty, pretty yeah. crazy in a small, uh, you know, just a small little pool out there that you had fighters achieve that level of success. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's pretty cool because, you know, I, I meet people from all around the world and one of the first questions they ask is, is or names that they say is Terrence Crawford, you know, because they know he's from Omaha and so-and-so. But uh, even before those guys, even before, you know, Anthony and Terrence Crawford, we've had a lot of seasoned combat veterans, you know, Ryan Jensen, Jason Brills, uh, Jeremy Horn, even my assistant coach, Scott Morton. And then on the boxing side, we've had guys like Grover Wiley, 
that, you know, fought both the Chavez, uh, the senior and junior, and he actually beat senior. So uh, we've had a pretty seasoned uh, uh, culture of fighting in, in Omaha, which, like I said, it, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily think, but uh, we, we got pretty strong roots. That's awesome. You know, so coach, what, what, uh, what got you started in combat sports? How did, how did this journey begin for you? Well, uh, I'll kind of skip forward to, to like around 2010. Um, I was still training, competing at the time. Um, I was actually still going to school in Lincoln and I would drive up to Omaha and train at the Offit boxing club and do some training there. And then, uh, I found my way over to, back then it was called elite performance right now. It's, it's, it's a different name. But uh, I got in contact with a, with a coach over there because the funding for the gym where I was at was going to go away. So I was kind of looking for a new home, was just kind of looking for a place to, to keep training and, and to keep fighting because I had competed a few times with them. And uh, I met uh, this coach, Jason Glajakis, and, and he, uh, he was the owner of Downtown Boxing Club, but he'd also trained at an MMA gym <clears throat> close to where I lived where I ended up when, I, when I moved to Omaha. And... Uh, I competed for him uh, for a couple of years and then he just didn't want to coach anymore. Uh, you know, coaching is not a, it's not for everybody and, and you can get easily get burned out. So uh, one day he just was like, Hey, I just, I don't want to coach anymore. And I want you to start coach. I, I was already kind of his assistant coach, you know, holding pads for guys and working with guys and more so the MMA guys. And uh, it just, the role just kind of fell into my lap and <clears throat> it was back around like 2010 is when I met, you know, when I started helping guys like Anthony Smith and, and, and some of those, you know, older guys that have been training for a long time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, now, for sure. How did, so w when you mentioned you yourself competing, so just for, for the people out there listening, that, that was bo boxing that, that you yeah. did. Did you, did you also yeah. fight M MMA yourself at all or just boxing? I trained, I trained uh, some Muay Thai uh, with Kurt Panani, um, but uh, all my competition was strictly boxing. Strictly boxing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How long did you box for coach? Um, well, I started boxing again, uh, from 2008 to 2010. Um, that was pretty much like the bulk of, of what I was doing. I mean, I did some stuff growing up, but it was, you know, you can't really brag about playing little league when you play in the major leagues, you know? So I can say like my, my adult career, uh, for those couple of years I was competing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so you're originally from California, correct? Yep. Originally from Pacoima, California. Um, my parents still live uh, in the uh, in Southern California, uh, but um, I moved to Nebraska in 2004 to go to school in Nebraska, and I've never left. I've stayed here. Just fall in love with the place, or what? What made you yeah. want to plant your roots I, in um, Nebraska? Um, I when I was a kid, I was I, I've always wanted to travel. You know, uh, I've always wanted to see the world. I've always been intrigued by different places. And I, I didn't want to get caught up, you know, when you're growing up and you see the guys, you grow up in your neighborhood and you see the guys that stick around and, and they're still going to their high school football games and they're still, you know, just kind of beating around the bush, not really doing anything in life. I didn't want to be one of those guys. You know, I wanted to go to a school that had a lot of culture, um, go to a place that, like I said, I've never seen before that, that I can turn, you know, I, after college, I can, I can, I can you know, create a life for myself. So uh, I, I really like Nebraska and a lot of people call me crazy because they're like, you know, you move from California to Nebraska, you know, and, and, and the weather and, and I just, you know, people give me a lot of grief for it, but I'm one I of love, those people. 
Yeah. No, just, yeah. <laughs> no man, but I, I love Omaha. Um, I think it's a great place to live. It's a, it's a, it's a great place to, to raise a family. If you want to start a family, it's a great place to start a business. Um, I, I, you know, you get all four seasons. Um, I, I just like it, man. I'm in the middle of everywhere. It's easy to travel. You know, our airport's small and I, you know, I travel a lot for work and, and, and you know, for, uh, for leisure, but uh, I like it, man. I love them all. I think it's a great place to live. Now you kind of hit on it a couple of times there. Where is your, I guess in all of your travels, where has been yeah. the highlight of your, of your time exploring the world? Um, it's a great question. Uh, I've been to Italy a few times the last few years and I'd like to see more of it. Um, I obviously I love the food. I love the culture. I love the architecture. Uh, I, I love this, their, 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 their pace of life. Like, you know, I can go, you can go into a big city in New York or LA, Chicago, and you can have lunch and everything is just so fast paced. Everyone's on their phone and you know, it's just so loud and, and, and everything is, like I said, just really, really fast paced. You can go to uh, uh, places in Europe and, and just, you know, have lunch in, in Rome or, or Krakow or, or Stockholm and everything's just chill. No one's in a rush. People are talking to each other. They're conversing. Like there's actual human interaction. So um, for me, I, I really like that about, uh, about Europe in general, but um, my favorite places uh, have to be uh, Venice, Italy, I, I think is, uh, is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, one of the most peaceful places. Um, I really liked uh, Poland. I, I got the chance to go to Poland a couple years ago. And like, I'm, a, I'm a big World War II guy. I'm a big you know, history buff. Um, I was able to see Auschwitz concentration camp. And that was, that was a pretty, pretty life-changing experience, very, very humbling experience. Um, I was able to see the uh, Holocaust Museum in, D in D.C. when I was a kid. But being at like an actual concentration camp is just, it, and it gives me the chills just, just thinking about it, talking about it. But the, it's just, it, words can't describe the, the feelings you get you know, just, just listening to the stories and, and seeing firsthand, you know, where these people suffered. So, uh, but outside of that, Poland is a, is a very beautiful country. Um, same thing there too, food, culture, architecture, the pace of life. Um, I love it. Uh, um, I'd like to see more Germany. Um, you know, Anthony fought there in Hamburg in 2018 and I've been to Berlin as well, but I'd like to see Munich and Frankfurt and some of these other towns. So uh, I have, I have like a long list of places I want to go. And like I said, I've been pretty fortunate to, to visit some pretty cool places um, in the States. I like, uh, I like going to Portland. I think Portland's a really cool town, really good food town. I'm a big food. I'm a fat kid at heart. So um, yeah, I, I love, you know, going to New York and eating pizza or, you know, Chicago going to Giordano's or, you know, I'm a Philly guy, so, you know, I love eat, eating my Tony Luke's or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. I'm very fortunate, very lucky. So. I'm a big food guy too. So I have yeah. to ask you, what is, what, what's been your, if you could right now, if it were money's no option, no anything, you could right. teleport to one place and have that like, the best meal that you've had while you were on your travels, where would you go back to and what's the meal? Um, honestly, man, it'd, it'd probably be Italy. I, I, uh, every place I went to in Italy, um, especially Venice, 
was just amazing, incredible. I, I, I was in Rome a couple years ago and my last night in Rome, um, I needed, I needed a place to go eat dinner and <clears throat> I was staying in a hostel and I went to go talk to the, the concierge lady and I was like, Hey, I just need a place to eat tonight. You got any recommendations? And I didn't understand the words she was saying, but she showed me on a map, this restaurant to go to. And, uh, before I was leaving, the other, the other front desk guy was, uh, kind of flagged me down and he was like, Hey man, are, are you going to where she's telling you? And I said, I said, yeah. He goes, uh, are, are you by yourself? And I said, yeah. He goes, ah, be careful, man. And I'm like, all right. Like, you know, and he's like, just be careful. Just, you know, and I said, okay. So, so it was about a 10 minute walk and, uh, the door was like slightly open and the, this restaurant was like in a basement and, uh, I like open the door and I'm like, hello. And I heard, you know, somebody say down here. And, uh, and surprisingly I was pretty lucky guy spoke English. So I went down and guy sat me down and there was like six or seven tables in the whole place. And there was one other person eating in the restaurant, <clears throat> bigger Italian guy, had a suit on kind of a clean cut guy. He's a little older and he kind of looked at me, nodded his head, nodded my head at him. And, uh, guy came out, uh, took my order and uh guy took my order and same guy took my order was cooking my food so he went back to the kitchen and he's cooking okay. the food yeah he's like going back and forth between like you know serving me drinks and bread and stuff like that and i remember i had like ravioli and i had uh i had some sort of pasta I remember it was just like the best food i ever had and uh <clears throat> when i was leaving uh i asked you know i was like hey man I, you know can i have my can I have my my tab and he was like oh no 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 and i was like okay and he's like i'd like to pay he's like no 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 the, the the guy paid for you and i was like what guy and he was like the guy that was sitting down and i was like oh he did and he's like yeah i was like oh that's cool it's pretty dope and he's like the guy was got really close to me he's like hey man are are you in the mob <laughs> i was like what and he's like, you are you, are you you mafioso and i was like nah He's like, oh, and I was like, why? He's like, that dude only pays for like his boys and his guys. So <laughs> that I think that's why that that lady was or that guy was like, hey man, like be careful, you're by yourself, because this lady just straight sent me to like a straight Italian like mob. <laughs> yeah, in Rome, and I was it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, it's an awesome but, but story hard. though. Yeah, it, it's hard, man. Like. Um, <clears throat> I'd say any place I've eaten at in, in Venice. Um, and, and for me, man, it's, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hearty guy. So anything that my grandmother would have made me growing up or my mom would have made me growing up, that's, that's what I would choose first, you know? So first, definitely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that there's a lot of places that you would want to go. Yeah. If, if that were the thing, you know, like, boom, again, you, you win the lottery. Don't have to worry yeah. about, you know, don't have to worry about anything. Where would sure. be the first trip you take? Uh, I'd be to Egypt. I'd Egypt. be to Egypt. Yeah. I've been reading about the pyramids since I was a little kid. So uh, it's unfortunate right now with, with COVID hitting so hard. I know they have like uh, <clears throat> curfew times and their grand Egyptian museum was supposed to open up right uh, outside of Cairo this year. And it doesn't look like that's going to be able to happen. Uh, but for me, man, it, it, it definitely be the pyramids. Uh, like I said, it's just something I, I've, I've always, I've read, you know, 
books on the pyramids when I was a kid. And I'm one of those guys, man, I'll go down, I'll go down the rabbit hole at three in the morning, you know, on YouTube, you know, uh, I'll do the same thing. Yeah, man. So, uh, for me, that's, that's definitely a place I would go. Um, Greece as well. I'd love to go see Santorini and I'd love to go see Athens. Um, I'd, I'd definitely li- I'd like to see, see Greece. Um, and also Finland. I, I'd like to go uh, to one of those Arctic resorts where you get to see the, the northern lights, you know, during certain times of the year. They have like those glass igloos and stuff. I, I think that would be pretty cool. So for me, it'd, it'd definitely be those three places. And, and I, I can't forget, um, there is one place stateside I would like to go. That would be uh, Stanford, Connecticut, because I'd like to go to the Jerry Springer show or the Steve Wilco show. That's like <laughs> been a bucket list thing for me for a long time. Yeah. So Andy and I, we joke about that all the time. Huh? We want to go. And I, I've always pictured in my head just us sitting front row, like throwing stuff at the people on stage, you know, like you know, like when Steve Wilco tells people, get off my stage, scumbag. I, you know, I'll be the first one to be like, yeah, get your ass out of here. <laughs> for me, uh, it def- that's definitely one of those one of those, uh one of my bucket list type deals so for nice. sure that i mean th- that'd be a fun experience i can't even can't even hate on that one <laughs> and, and it was funny every year people are like you know my parents or whoever they're like what do you want for christmas and i'm like man i want i want steve wilco's tickets and they're just like ha 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 and i'm like no i'm not joking i really want to go to the show <laughs> <laughs> like uh, i'm being serious yeah. actually i'm being serious yeah for sure so, um, yeah, it, there's a lot of places, man. You know, when I retire, I want to, um, I want to, I'm a, I'm a big football fan. It's kind of a down year for my Eagles this year. Uh, it was a rough one last night. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to follow them for a year and just go to, you know, as many NFL stadiums as I possibly can. You know, I've been, I've been to a bunch of them already, but there's, there's definitely a few I still never been to. I'd like, I'd like to see. So especially with all these new stadiums being built, like, I know next year the Eagles are supposed to play in Vegas, and I'm just really hoping they're going to have fans for the 2021 season because yeah. that stadium looks incredible. It, it looks, does. It, it, yeah, right. I so. uh, I had a, a buddy who was a welder on the stadium project, and oh, I told him that, you know, like, well, the only way that I would have approached that situation as, as a Broncos fan is yeah. – I'd have uh, I'd have had to go and leave a little present right where the 50 yard line is. You know, once they continue the construction and all that, you know, it's going to bury over. But for the rest of my life, I will still at least have that story to know that I uh, I let the Raiders know what I think of them as a Broncos fan right there in the middle of their brand new shiny stadium. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy because you know I'm you said diehard Eagles fan. Um, but I love the NFL. I love watching football, but it's like, man, how shitty is it to be a Raiders fan? And you already lived in Vegas and they built this, you know, they built this beautiful, you know, death star looking freaking stadium mm-hmm. COVID hits and you can't even, you can't even go to a game. That's Absolutely. just life of a Raiders fan. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. It, it summarizes it perfectly for them on that. Yeah, and it's crazy because, you know, I, I have a lot of family in California. I have a lot of family members that are diehard Raiders fans. Oh, I bet. And my mom's brother, my Uncle Eddie, he's a huge Raiders fan. And he goes to games. Uh, he takes his daughters. He takes, his, you know, his whole family. And I was talking to him earlier in the year about it. And he's like, I know, man. He's like, it sucks. And 
you know, because if you live in L.A., it's a quick four-hour drive to Vegas, you know. So I thought, man, how cool is that going to be? If you're a Raiders fan that lives in California, it's a quick drive to, to go to a game and spend the weekend in Vegas. So what's the difference time-wise from where the drive was, you know, like from L.A. to, to Oakland? I think, honestly, I don't think there is a – I think maybe a couple hours more. I think maybe it's like a six-hour drive from L.A. to, to, to the Bay. But um, Californians don't like to drive anywhere. They want to fly. Yeah, you know, okay. People in the Midwest will drive 12 hours and be like, oh, it wasn't that terrible of a drive. <laughs> people in L.A. don't want to drive to Vegas. They'd rather, you know, hop on a 45-minute flight. So Must be nice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, my my dad, my dad's a a, a big uh, big Vegas guy, and he's got a bunch of uh, buddies that he goes and sees a few times throughout the year, and you know from March Madness and Super Bowl and so on and so on, and he flies, and I'm just like, you understand? By the time you wake up, drive to the airport, get on the plane, take a shuttle from the airport to your hotel, it's the same amount of time <laughs> if you just drive. Like, so I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah, I feel you there. Let's uh, let's talk Anthony Smith, 2S. Yes, my, my man. Yeah, yeah. Um, super big one for us this last weekend. Uh, I've, I, I, I just want to say thanks to a lot of our support system and uh, friends and family all over the world. Um, you know, you see, you see memes out there where it's like, you know, when you lose and it's like a stadium, it's like a stadium that's empty. And then, you know, when you, when you win and, and you get all the congratulations, the stadium's full. Unfortunately, that's what the sport has kind of come to, you know? So, and it's nice. It's very refreshing to know you have a lot of support system and you have a lot of people looking out for you and watching, you know, uh, watching the team. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a much needed win for him. Uh, <clears throat> he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Uh, he hit it. He hit the you know head around the nail, uh, nail right in the head. Excuse me. Uh, when he said, you know, if I'm not doing that to Devin Clark, there, there's a problem. You know, and it's nothing against Devin. Devin's a hell of a competitor, and he's going to be a threat in the division for a long time. But the skill set that Anthony possesses and how hard, how hard he works, and where we know he fits <clears throat> with the top, you know, ranked people around the world. Yeah, that's what a that's what a top 10 fighter in the world should be doing to an unranked guy, you know, getting them out there quick. So, uh, and I'm not saying there's not unranked, unranked guys out there that, that, that don't deserve to fight people in the top 10. That's not what I'm saying at all, but um, with a guy like Anthony, we, we just, we know his skill set. We know how talented he is and we know how hard he works and, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a, a big win for him. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, he was dominant. Dominant. Yeah. And <clears throat> I know, uh, he was super excited. He was able to showcase a little bit of wrestling. You know, I know that's a big knock on him. People think he can't wrestle and it's like he can't. Um, he's just his style, you know, his frame. It just doesn't allow him to at some point in time, uh, points in time in his career. But uh, yeah, he was able to uh, secure the body lock and, 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 you know, show his grappling. You know, he's, he's a black belt under Scott Morton and uh, he's, he's dangerous, man. And, and, a, and a motivated Anthony is a, is a bad man. He's a bad dude. You know, so I'm uh, super excited for him. Um, first fight in a long time that, that Scotty and I both weren't able to be there. I'm sure as you know, we, uh, we both we tested positive for COVID um, with our pre-departure test for the UFC. So we weren't able to be there. But, you know, we were able to talk to him all week and before he fought. And I, I knew he'd get it done. 
I knew I knew he'd uh, I knew he'd walk away with the win. Definitely. Now, when is it? How how long has it been since you've not been in his corner? Um, actually, it's a funny story. It goes kind of back to football in the NFL. When he fought Tiago Santos, that was in Brazil. That fight was February fifth, two thousand February third, two thousand eighteen. Um, the Eagles played in the Super Bowl February fourth. 2018 so when we booked this fight I kind of had a feeling the Eagles might go to the Super Bowl I just had I just had this intuition and Carson Wentz was killing it they were 11 and 1 and then he got booked right after uh right after Carson Wentz got hurt so they still went on to beat the Rams and then they finished the year off with Nick Foles and uh I told him a couple weeks before, before the Vikings game, I said, hey, man, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this one. And he was like, why? I said, if the Eagles win this game, I'm, I'm going to the Super Bowl. So, sure enough, the Eagles beat the Vikings NFC Championship game, and I ended up going to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. So, um, that was one I hadn't been in this corner. But before that, I, I can't even remember, honestly. Um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy journey. But uh, – I've, I've been there for the bulk of them the last 10 years. Now you, you guys are close on the mats, you know, in the gym away as outside the yeah. gym. Are there sure. any, any good, uh, any good two F stories you want to share? Stories? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Cause like I said, uh, Anthony's not only, you know, an athlete of mine, but he's also, you know, one of my best friends and in, in, in you know, somebody I asked, I spend holidays with him. Uh, and it's, it's actually a funny story. Uh, a couple years ago, I was in, uh, I was in, <clears throat> I was in Vail for, for Thanksgiving. Um, usually I pick a holiday that I don't go home to see my parents. And I usually go to Vail or Breckenridge or Estes Park and I just get a cabin and, and I kind of decompress for a few days. I bring the dog, I do some hiking, you know, just, just some, some, some alone time, some downtime. Well, uh, a couple years ago, I, I go to Vail, like I said, for Thanksgiving, and uh, <clears throat> I give him a call on Thanksgiving Day, and he doesn't pick up the phone. He calls me back like 30 minutes later, and he's like, he answers, and he goes, hey, man, uh, he goes, my mom is not happy with you. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, he's like, man, she's not happy. And I was like, why? He goes, we were like about to eat dinner and his mom's like, where's Danny? He's always here for Thanksgiving. And Anthony told him like, told her like, Oh, he's, he's in Colorado in the mountains, you know, hanging out. And she was like legitimately upset that I wasn't there. So now that's kind of like an ongoing joke for us. It's like, you know, Hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Or Hey, what are you doing for Christmas? Like my mom is expecting you to be there. So like I said, it's, it's, they're kind of like my second family and they are family. Uh, but I always think that I always think that is really funny because as much as, as I would, I was like my heart, you know, it's like when your parents tell you you're disappointed or your parents tell you, Hey, I know what you did. It was kind of one of those moments. Cause he was like, my mom is, is she's, she's not happy. <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't do it. I don't know what I did. I, you know, I felt so guilty without knowing what I did. Uh, but um, he fought, he fought in 2000, I want to say 2015, 14 or 15. 
He fought in Atlantic City for CFFC. He fought a guy named Tim Williams for the belt. Uh, he fought him once in Philly, and then they rematched <clears throat> a few months later in Atlantic City. And uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of buildup to the fight. Tim Williams was a was a local, you know, he was the the South Jersey Strangler. I think is his nickname. You know, he was the local hometown guy, and uh, he was a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and that was kind of his thing is, you know, he was a jiu-jitsu guy, and Anthony, I think, was still a purple belt or a brown belt, and Anthony reverse triangled him the first fight, and uh, there was just a lot of back and forth going on, and uh, so Anthony rematches him in Atlantic City, and Anthony TKOs him in, like, a minute, the first minute of the fight, and uh, I remember our, we're walking out, People are throwing shit at us, talking shit, you know, this and that. His family's yelling at us, like, every which, you know, word in the book. And uh, Anthony finishes them. And I remember the security team was so worried about, about us leaving the arena. They didn't let us out of the cage until every single last person in the arena was gone. Really? Yeah, because, like, his family members were like rushing the ring. They were like trying to trying to like go over barricades to attack us and stuff like that. It, it was it was a, it was a crazy ordeal. So, anyways, we're uh, we go back to the hotel and you know we freshen up. We go down and they had like this after party thing set up. And uh, you know you get a lot of <clears throat> you get a lot of local tough guys and a lot of local people that were at the fights. You know making their way into these after parties. And uh, I remember this, these, these guys were kind of sitting next to us when we were sitting in our little section at the bar. And uh, <clears throat> these guys were looking at Anthony and they were like, hey, man, what, did you fight tonight? What's your name? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I fought tonight. You know, Anthony had his belt on and stuff. They're like, what's your name? And Anthony goes, oh, my, my name's Tim Williams. And <laughs> the whole night he had these guys thinking his name was Tim Williams. So the whole night, these guys are like, Hey Tim, what's up, man? You want a beer? Blah, 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 blah. Like they're introducing him to like all their other buddies. And like, yeah, man, this is Tim. He fought tonight. He's the champ, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm playing, I'm going along with it. I'm like, Timmy, what's up, man? You want to drink this? I'm going along with him the whole night. Everybody, everybody in the bar thought he was Tim Williams. The guy he had beat just a few hours before. So, uh, we always joke about that. It's always a, a funny story we like to tell people. So, yeah, that that I mean, especially considering what you had to go through just to enjoy the night. Not not, yeah. not the uh, not the worst story to come out of it in the end. You guys had a good night. It sounds like. Yeah, and and it's funny because the next morning, uh, <clears throat> Anthony has a problem with missing flights. <laughs> Big problem. And. So my job when we go on these fight trips is to make sure when he's going home, his wife is always like, it's your responsibility to make sure he gets on that plane. Like, you better wake him up. You better make sure he's packed. He has to get home. So the next morning, we're, we're like an hour. We're in Atlantic City. We, we're leaving from Philadelphia. That's like an hour drive. And it's like, it's like maybe two hours before our flight's going to leave and he's not packed. He's still sleeping. And I'm like, Anthony, wake up, get up now. And he's like, you can tell he's getting irritated. doesn't want to wake up. And, uh, he's like, uh, he doesn't want to wake up and he's like, no, leave me alone. Like, get out of here. If you want to go home, you go home. And I'm like, Anthony, 
if you don't get up and start packing, your wife's going to kill me and she's going to kill you. So you have to make sure you get your ass up. So I'm like putting this stuff in a suit, not folding anything. I'm just stuffing a suitcase. And he like is adamant about not waking up. I'm like, Anthony, get up right now. And he's like threatening me. He's saying, listen, if you, if you fucking tell me to get up one more time, I'm going to get up and throw you through the goddamn window. <laughs> so I get in his face and I'm like, get up right now. <laughs> Running around the hotel room and he's freaking out. He's like, I don't give a shit. I'm not, I'm not getting up. I have food vouchers for the rest of the day. I'll stay in Atlantic City the whole day, this and that. Boom. So finally, he finally reasons with me. And he, uh, we finally, like, get in a cab, and we make our way down to the airport, and we barely make our flight. And I remember we're sitting on our plane, and he's just staring at me. He's just fuming. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just have this smirk on my face. I'm looking at him, and I know he's upset with me. And he's like, He's like, I fucking hate you in the morning. He's like, don't you ever talk to me in the morning ever again. <laughs> so the other day, uh, he fights Saturday night. Sunday, he calls me around noon. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, Michaela's mad at you. And again, I'm like, what did I do this time? <laughs> he goes, I'm my flight this morning. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, bro. He's like. The one time you're not here, I missed my damn flight. So, <laughs> oh my God. He ended up getting home like an hour than he was originally supposed to. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a, it's never a dull moment when we travel and go places, you know? So, and then, you know, we have Scotty, you know, my, uh, his jiu-jitsu coach, who's just, he's just a, a fucking riot to, to, to travel with because Scotty, Scotty likes Scotty's things and that's it. You know what I mean? He don't, he don't want to eat new food. He, <laughs> he, he wants, he wants just to play on his video games or be on his computer and eat his McDonald's. And that's, he don't like, he doesn't, he doesn't sit well with, with foreign food or he doesn't try to indulge in, in culture when we travel. So it, it, it's, it's quite funny when, when we go places are always trying to, you know, especially Anthony, Anthony's always trying to get him to eat new food or, you know, go do different things and, yeah, it's a riot. Oh, I'm sure. It's, I mean, it sounds sounds like my old man at times. Just he, he likes what he likes. Every now and then, you yeah. may may get a different dish sprinkled in, but it has to be very, that- very carefully coerced. For sure, for sure. I, when we went to when we were in, we fought in Germany. Um, we stayed at this Radisson, and next to the hotel there was a train station. In inside the train station. The train station was open 24 hours. So there's trains going, you know, in and out. Um, and Hamburg is like a big hub. It's it's one of the biggest like sea portals in Europe, I believe. And uh, so they're you know they're constantly getting people in and filtered in and out. But inside the train station, there was a McDonald's. And I remember when Scotty, when you know we got to the hotel, and and uh, we asked the people at the front desk, like, hey, is there any, you know, local food? And the lady's like, yeah, there's, there's a McDonald's inside the train station, and it's open 24 hours. This man's eyes lit up like I've never seen before. <laughs> then he goes to grab food, and he comes back, and he just has the biggest grin on his face. And I'm like, what's up? He goes, do you know they serve the McRib here all year long? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Come on. We're in. We're in one of the most like beautiful cities in all of Europe, and you're here excited about a McRib. Like, 
<laughs> that's got for you, man. That so. that's classic. I mean, oh yeah, that's a sure. story that you could tell for for you know for all time. the way until the end with him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. So. Yeah. Now, Coach, I want to ask you this because we we both have a baseball background. Yeah. Did, uh, you know, a, as a business owner, and then as it translates into being a coach within the fight game, baseball is a game where it's you, you have to have, you have to have a short term memory and you got to have bulletproof confidence to be able sure. to stay successful or to have a, yeah. a sustained level of success. Do you think that that background has been able to translate into you know other facets of your life? Yeah, I think so. Um, and not necessarily the business side. Um, it more so the, the, the training side and the mindset of things. You know, I, I look at, obviously, this is an individual sport. But you have so many things in MMA that you have, you have so many uh, areas you have to cover. You know, you have to, you have to know how to box, you have to know how to, how to, <clears throat> how to throw late kicks. You got, you got to know how to, how to train Muay Thai. You got to, you got to know how to wrestle. You got to know, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And then you got to find your, your it factor in between the, the transition, all those things together. Um, so even though this is an individual sport, when, when we're on the training mat, you know, we're bringing it all together. So like, you know, you have, you have a baseball practice and you got pitchers doing one thing, you got catchers doing, you know, with the catchers doing another, and you have, uh, you know, people taking batting practice, you got people taking, you know, the reps on the field and so on and so on. So when you're an MMA fighter, you have to be the pitcher, you have to be the catcher, you got to be the center fielder, you, you got to do all those, you know, all those assets with, with, within the game. So um, I kind of take that approach when it comes to, to, to training toward to MMA, it's like, even though this is, you know, MMA is just a sport, you have to, you have to be the pitcher. You, you know, you have to be, you know, throwing bullpen. You have to be getting bang practice in. You have to be doing soft. You have to be doing all these things in order to succeed. So um, I, I, I find myself translating that, you know, over from baseball to MMA and and one of the other things that helps me tremendously and I hope other coaches can use this too but I had a <clears throat> I had a coach in high school that used to say um you never be satisfied and always know your next step always know your next move if if you're uh, if you're playing center field and there's one out and there's a guy on first and the ball gets hit to you where are you throwing the ball you know what I mean you always know your next step and think about it ahead of time so I think about that approach when it comes to fighting if you're a striker and you're fighting a wrestler and you starts the wrestler and he drops on the floor, know your next step. Are you going to pounce on him and let him get his legs back and hold position real tight? Or are you going to step back and be like, no, get your ass up. We're, you know, you know what I mean? Like know your next step. So, you know, when you're hitting a transition, a grappling transition, you know, do you know to, to keep your hips in? Do you, do you know to hit this angle? So always knowing your next step is, is, is uh, something I preach a lot. Um, when it, when it comes to, to training and fighting and, and, and coaching. So there's definitely some things I brought over from, from, from baseball, um, into coaching that have helped me tremendously for sure. That's for sure. And, and the camaraderie, man, like, you know, when you're on, when you're on a baseball team and you, you're going different places, you know, all around the country, you know, playing, it's, it's fun, man. It, there's there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing else like it so having that 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 
that team bond is super important because I've been on baseball teams that, that didn't have a lot of talent, but when you guys come together as one, it's, it's so powerful what you, what you can accomplish. Same thing here. When you got a kid that's fighting that maybe fighting an all American wrestler that no, he doesn't have the credentials as his opponent, but he's got his teammates saying, no, listen, motherfucker, like you train with Anthony Smith, you got Blaine Richards in the room, you got Josh Anderson, you got all these killers in the room. Like, this guy's not going to bring what th those guys bring. You'd be surprised what that does to, to an athlete's psyche and, and how they're able to persevere and push through fights that maybe they weren't supposed to win. So just that, that, that team bond and, and, and camaraderie really, really translates over well from, from team sports, not just baseball, but from football, basketball, over to the MMA world for sure. Because now it's all about teams. Mm -hmm. and it's like <clears throat> look at factory x they're they're a strong team and guys are getting better simply because they got yusuf Zalaw, they got brandon Royville, they got you know cody brunt they got all these great names next to them you know so <clears throat> very rarely are these guys flying solo now every everything's a team you know you got rufus you got aka you got american top team you got factory x you know you got mma masters you got these great teams from all around the world and a lot of a lot of their success is because that team camaraderie, you know what I mean? They see other guys succeeding, they see other guys thriving. Guys pick up on little variables and little tendencies that some high level guys do and they start doing that and that's their game and all of a sudden they're making a noise for you know, they're making a name for themselves in the sport. So um yeah, man, it's just, it's all about, you know, like I know James Cross preaches all the time, but it's, you know, I don't have a style. I just take the best styles from everybody else and I kind of bring it together. You know, it's kind of the same thing I, I like to do as well. Definitely, definitely. Well, one thing yeah. I think that, uh, you know, we can both speak to is kind of the way that from baseball, you know, you call it that that dugout mentality or, or you know, from other sports, the locker yeah. room mentality. And just that that time you mentioned, you know, with the boys where you're you're traveling all around, you know, you're stacked 15 people deep in a 12 passenger van. You've got gear loaded up. Everybody yeah. stinks. Yeah. You're you're throwing down drive through food on these long road trips and you're always right. constantly roasting sure. and busting each other's balls. I feel like that's something that we've always yeah. been able to do just just pretty freely. And I might have had you you know, you might have had one of the best roasts on me that I've ever had in my entire life when we were <laughs> out there in Nebraska. I don't know if you remember it or not. But uh, yeah, that, that 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 one still stings a little bit. I was like, God, that that was that was good. That was so good that I had to take a minute to be like, fuck, you got me, man. For anybody that and all, all three people that end up watching this later on, um, my man is we're in North Platte, Nebraska. It's a super, it's a small town, um, but they actually put on MCF puts on a really good show. Shout out to my guy Russ Jones. Um, it's the morning of the fight. I think it's morning of the fight or the, the next day or the day after the fights, whenever it was. I see my man Jordan walk out, and and Jordan, you got you got long hair. You got you know he's he's got he's got a he's got a, a bed full of hair. I see him in the hotel lobby and he's got a wife beater on his hair's down and he's just walking through like like you know like like he's the toughest dude on the yard and i remember looking at him and i'm like man why does he look like nicholas cage and con air when like the plane's exploding in the background and he just walked off killing the bad guy <laughs> 
Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the morning of the fights. Yeah. Then, morning, yeah. yeah, we went to the shakeout at a shakeout at that gym, and when you told it in front of everybody, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> then, then everybody piled on. They let me have yeah. it. <laughs> but that's what it's about, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's about. Um, it's about having, you know, that, that's that's the – you know, you talk to a lot of coaches, uh, high-level coaches, a lot of guys are going to tell you the same thing. A lot of coaches are going to tell you the same thing. You know, you're going to need – enjoy the journey. You're, you're going to need consistency, sacrifice, all, all that mumbo-jumbo stuff. Um, but one of, the, one of the best things about this, this sport is, is, is that is the memories you make, you know. Um, just the, the crazy fight stories and, and the fight trips, and it's like – you know, when Anthony was fighting John for the world title, um, <clears throat> I did a, I, I, I think I did a thing with ESPN and they were asking me, you know, what's, what's the, what's this moment feel like? And I, I remember saying like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel real. Cause it's like, I remember driving, you know, 15 hours through snowstorms to make $500 in a, in a, on an Indian reservation with Anthony you know, and by the time we got home, our money was gone because we blew it all the next <laughs> the night of the fight, you know, um, to now fighting for a world championship. And it's like, it, it, that's, that's, that's what you do this for. You know what I mean? To, to, to have stories and to have memories like, uh, you know, to, to tell the younger fighters, to tell the, the next generation, to tell your kids or, or whoever. So, um, that that's like my favorite thing about this sport, man. Is is just having everybody around and everybody safe and sound, and and going to compete and 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 just having fun, man. You know what I mean? And and that means a lot to me as a coach because, you know, my gym we're we're kind of known to be a little rough around the edges and and to have <clears throat> have some of the guys that are that are from the other side of the tracks, and in like every and everyone has a story. Um, but I love taking taking those individuals that that are just looking for direction in life, and then you know having them in the gym and having them compete and having them go on these fight trips, just so you know they have a positive experience and and something they can go home and tell their family or their kids or whatever. And, and instead of you know out running the streets or or, or doing whatever, man, you know, so um, having really good positive memories instead of you know. Like I said, out running the streets, you know, being an unclehead because you know it happens way too often. Oh yeah, definitely. Sure. Coach, we we've covered uh, we've covered uh, a lot of great topics. Had some had yeah. some great conversations so far. I want to circle it back to one thing since we are in the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. What is your favorite traditional holiday food, or you know, foods? What 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 is your go to during the holiday season? Like, this is something that. You know, from thanks, whether it's Thanksgiving to Christmas or any time in between, what is something that you just have to have? It's and it's crazy because people that know me and they know I'm like I'm a big steak guy. I'm, I can eat ribeye steaks every day the rest of my life. I can eat prime ribs, so on and so on. But for me, as I've gotten older, <clears throat> the one holiday thing I love eating or drinking the most is I will eat the hot chocolate. So just okay. it. You know, I was really close to my grandmother and she passed away back in 2015. Uh, but anytime Christmas was coming, it was always, she was always warming up milk and, and making, you know, I will eat the hot chocolate. So as I've gotten older, I find myself, you know, it's December, I'll be at the grocery store and I'll, I'll go to the Hispanic food section and that's, that's what I'm grabbing, you know? So um, 
it just it hits home for me. Um, I love it. You know, I, I can like I can drink it every night in December if I wanted to. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it, man. Um, I, I, I eat good, you know, in the holidays. Um, but like I said, I'm I'm a, I'm a big steak and potatoes guy right around this time of year, you know. So nice. But it's definitely the the hot chocolate for me. So. <laughs> doesn't make me sound too manly but i'm okay with it <laughs> no i mean hey everybody's got their own favorites in that way i feel like everyone kind of you know ha has their own sort of holiday traditions as it comes to like food and all of that like yeah me coming yeah. from where i do it's a it's a weird little blend of like multiple or a few different things you know like it's i gotta have i gotta have mashed potatoes with green chili yeah um, what's up with that? you gotta tell me about that because I, I i've heard that's like a is that like a colorado thing yeah, it's more so like a Southern Colorado thing where okay. uh, where green chili is, you know, green chili is king in Southern Colorado. Pueblo green chilies are, are like the top dog as far as the actual peppers. But then like the, the way that they, when you've been out to Colorado, you've had green chili, correct? Like, have, you, have you ever had it from like a Mexican like restaurant? Like, like, like the, the actual, like the almost like a, almost like soup, uh, stew or soup sort of like pour, poured over like Mexican pour, food? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's that, but instead of you you know mashed potatoes and gravy, it's mashed potatoes with green chili. Really? Oh my my man! Oh, I promise right, okay. you, I. Do you have it with gravy or just the green chili? What's that? Say that again. Do you have no, it with gravy or just the green chili? Just the green, just the green chili. No gravy. Really? Yeah, the the green chili takes the substitute for the gravy. Wow, I'll have to try that. Yeah. I'm a, like hot food i'm a chili guy so uh it's definitely something you know like well in nebraska in the winter time this is a weird combination but chili and cinnamon rolls is a thing out here really and i like the weirdest thing yeah um so we have runs out here runs is just a nebraska only you know fast food spot mm -hmm. um but uh i think i was like a, maybe a, a sophomore in college or something but i drove by runs and 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 they had a they had a you know one of their uh signs up that said chili and cinnamon rolls is back and i remember thinking like like individually it's back or are people eating this together yeah and, and i and I, I remember i circled around and and i saw on the the glass decal it was literally a picture of a little bowl of chili with a cinnamon roll next to it and uh i remember the girl was dating at the time with the car i said is is that like a thing and she said, you, you never had that? And I'm like, no one's ever had that. And, and now, um, now I, I love it. Like, I, I think it's fucking fantastic. It's okay. just the, the blend of like sweet and spicy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What one for. Um, like, like chicken and waffles or, or any one of those combinations. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's actually a pretty good combination. So, Interesting. I yeah. would have never in a million years, if you would have like shown me a, a variety of options out there that what are, what do you think are actual combinations sold at establishments? I don't think that I would have ever put those two together. Right. Well, it's crazy. Cause like, I mean, who would put, you know, Wendy's French fries in, in, in a frosty? No, exactly. <laughs> in like, who's the guy that thought of that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So it's crazy. Are you a tamale guy on Christmas or, or not so much? A what? Tamales? No. 
No, no, not no. not a non-small. Oh man, no, that, that's no, another I, big I, thing back I, home too. I, for me, it's more Thanksgiving. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah, that's when it starts. But for Christmas, I'm usually uh, I usually like prime rib or like I said, making me a tomahawk steak or something. Um, but I'm more of a tamale guy right around Thanksgiving. So, yeah. And, and I think more so is because they're gone by the time Christmas comes. <laughs> they're gone by the time Christmas comes. So I, I, just, I just had some uh, the other day. I was, <clears throat> I was driving to Target and there was a tamale truck. And it was a churro tamale truck, and I stopped and pulled over and, and, and got one of each, and it wasn't bad. I was like, you know, I don't live at home, you know, obviously anymore, um, yeah. so I don't, I don't really have access to stuff like that. But uh, I, 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 like I said, I do like tamales, but not necessarily for Christmas. It's more, like I said, more of a Thanksgiving guy. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha That's gotcha. just when we start. You know, it's right around Thanksgiving is when they start making them. That's so, understandable. There. Yeah, yeah. So but I'll have to. Try with some green chili though. That, that does sound fire. Oh man, like I, yeah. I promise you, you add mashed potatoes with green chili, you will never look at mashed potatoes the same. Really? Like it is that good. Yeah. 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 That like I say, it's a, it's more so it, it's a staple, like staple sort of thing. Southern Colorado, back for back yeah. where I'm originally from. Even you know, like you, I lived in Fort Collins in Northern Colorado for for a decade, and they don't know good green chili up there. I coach, yeah. I promise you, you take little, any little like hole in the wall Mexican food joint from down in Pueblo and put it up north in Fort Collins and they would crush. They would crush it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely crush just because there's, there's no competition in the market. Like there's, there's places that have it, but is it really that good? Right. No, especially how, when you come from it. How, how far is Pueblo from Colorado Springs? Uh, Pueblo from Colorado Springs is roughly, if you're talking South Springs, about 35 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, no, not not bad at all. Just yeah. it, it's all a straight shot, straight down I-25. Honestly, I yeah. mean that's it's pretty free drive from uh, from Springs the, all the way the down to Pueblo. I like that drive from Denver to Colorado Springs. Yeah, like Castle Rock is a pretty pretty little nice town, um, but just to drive, it, it's it's a it's a really pretty drive. So, oh yeah, I've, actually, I've never been to Pueblo, but um, I've been to like south of Colorado and like outskirts of it, Colorado Springs, and and it gets a little, it gets a little rough around there. I was pretty surprised. <laughs> oh yeah, surprised. yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern Springs, Pueblo. You know, I mean, they they definitely have their uh, have their rough spots. I'm pretty sure there were uh, two separate homicides for the couple of days while I was down for Thanksgiving <laughs> visiting my folks. So. Yeah. It's not the uh, not the safest of places, depending on what part of town you're in. But it's right. home. You know, it always has. Yeah, to yeah. Place. It's funny because a lot of people tell me like, "Yeah, Pueblo's rough," and I'm like, I, "At first, I'd never heard of it, um, and then started talking to more people about it. I'm like, yeah, man, Pueblo's that was a pretty rough town, <laughs> and I would I would never think that you know a, a small little southern Colorado town was was rough like that. But then again. There's places in Nebraska that you would never think are rough, but they're infested with a lot of criminal activity and so on and so on. So you just oh, never know. Time. Yeah, for so sure. One thing with uh, one thing with Pueblo that I've that I've always maintained. I mean, just in, in kind of having always uh, somewhat of a street connection to the insides always run the outside. 
and yeah. they're the prisons are all just a half an hour away up there in canyon city and in florence the, the okay. federal prison is is about 25 minutes away up in florence and then all the the state, state prisons are in canyon city <clears throat> that max prison right yep that yeah i've heard about that place that place is crazy yeah, I went so down I, and they were talking about how like the Unabomber and the Boston bomb, all these crazy, like high profile, one of the dudes, nine 11 guys is in there. And oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've read about places pretty insane. One of the, uh, and, and when it really started getting super bad in Pueblo, I mean, not, not all too long ago when it, I mean, it, there's always been its rough points, but when Pueblo made like the New York times for bloodiest city per capita, like all that sort of thing a few years yeah. back, that was not too long after the the leader of MS-13, or one of the oh. leaders or high-ranking members. I don't know if it's the leader, but one of the high-ranking members of MS-13. Yep, exactly. And I mean, where I grew up, like there, there's a lot of 13s because there's a lot of Sereños. Yeah. But yeah. there started being different 13s and like different tags that that you know showed like ones and threes. Like this isn't the same 13 that like <laughs> I, I grew up seeing all over. Yeah. The place. yeah. And so, yeah, then, I mean, not too long after, after he was there, then obviously starts getting more bloody. And then Pueblo is one of the, like the worst places for fentanyl out there in the country now. So oh, yeah, man, like there's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a mess in a lot of ways down there, but. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know. it's, it's sad because there's, you know, you look at, you look at places like that in, 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 and there's going to be crime everywhere. There's going to be drugs everywhere and gun violence everywhere, but it's like, you know, it's just a vicious cycle because, you think about you think about the kids growing up in these towns, and it's like that's all they see, and that's all they know, and they, they think that's there, there's no way out, and it, it's heartbreaking, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's sad. It's sad that that <clears throat> kids got to get exposed to shit like that, and uh, so much potential, I'm sure, gets wasted because people get caught up <clears throat> in drugs or, or whatever. Um, so it's sad. I, I always think about that, man. I always think about man. Like, I wish there was something, you know. There was more, you know, I grew up going to the Boys and Girls Club, and I wish there was more, you know, community rec centers and Boys and Girls Club and Teen Challenge. And there's different programs, you know, for, for these kids that, that live in these towns to, to just a, a safe place for them to go to learn how to box, to learn how to wrestle, to learn how to, you know, how to fight Muay Thai and so on and so on. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's cra crazy, crazy stuff, man, you know. Absolutely, you know. Sure. So, Coach, any last words that you want to get out there? Thoughts, friends, supporters, family, fans, anybody out there? Yeah, I just uh, we we uh, I'm I'm pretty lucky, man. I'm pretty spoiled here here in Omaha. I have a really really strong support system, and and uh, and um, any any time I give thanks, I, I was I was I was in the service for for twelve thirteen years. Uh, I was in the Army Reserves, and uh, I remember I went to uh, it was a it was a uh, it was a promotion ceremony. A guy was going from um, <clears throat> Colonel to to One Star General, and uh, I remember he got up on the podium, was making a speech, and he kept saying, "This isn't about me." He's like, "This is." He's like, "I did nothing special. I just did my job. This is for all the people that were." on my teams and in my companies, in my platoons and so on and so on, you know, when I gave direction, they did, they, they, they did the work. And it's like, uh, anytime I give thanks, I always think about that. It's like, I, I just, I just come to work and do my job. 
you know, the, the fighters are the ones that are going out there putting their, their lives in line and grinding and doing this and that. Like, I'm just taking, you know, the, the all the experience I have and, and, and all the training I've done and I'm taking it, all the best things I've learned throughout my journey and I'm bringing it all together and I'm, and I'm, and I'm passing it down, down to my athletes. And uh, I, I wouldn't be able to do my job if it wasn't for my support system. It wasn't, you know, for our team sponsors, for Soldier Sports or Nissan of Omaha or Good Life Construction or our Max Muscle, all the, all the great, you know, sponsors. And, and, and I have such a strong support for my fan. It's actually a funny story. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you see on social media, I'm always joking about recycling in the gym. I'm oh, yeah. recycling. I want guys recycling. I posted on Facebook or something last week that I wanted a new recycling bin for the gym. A couple of days later, my uncle's in California sends me a Christmas gift and it's a freaking recycling bin for the gym. <laughs> and he's like, Hey man, I just want to say, you know, I'm proud of you, this and that, you know, anything I can do to support the team. Uh, it's just little things like that, man, that, that, that really, they, it really, it humbles me because I, I, I'm so blessed with the support and, 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 uh, I'm so proud of all my athletes and all their hard work. And, um, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy being a fighter, especially this year in this climate. You know, there's a lot of guys that that trained all year long and weren't able to compete for one reason or another. So um, it, it's not it's not it's not easy coming to the gym, grinding and, and trying to get better every day when you got other a lot of other shit going on, um, especially, like I said, with this pandemic. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. So um, I just want to say thanks to, you know, like I said, all our, all our gym sponsors, all my athletes, all my close friends and family that, you know, are always <clears throat> supporting me and, and supporting, you know, when we have big fights and stuff that, you know, that's like my favorite thing when it's fight day and I get a text from my mom in the morning that says, good luck tonight, son, you know, kick ass, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that that's, that's why I live for it. You know what I mean? Like I don't need much in this life. I, I just, that, that's all I ever need. So, um, and you, man, and, 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 you know, peanut gallery, you guys have, you, you've always, you know, supported the gym and, and, you know, with content and, uh, and supporting Anthony and supporting my athletes when it was North Platte or wherever. So, uh, so I'm pretty fortunate and pretty lucky and pretty blessed. And I'm just, I'm super thankful and I'm, I'm excited for 2021. Um, I'm hoping for some normalcy. I'm hoping that, you know, anybody that, that's, that's going through some tough times right now that always remember, if, you, if you're alive today, you've survived 100% of your worst days. And that should be motivation right there to, to keep going. So I love uh, that quote. Yeah, man. And, and it helps me so much, man. Um, it helps me, you know, to get through certain days when, when times are tough and I'm dealing with, you know, you got fighters and their opponents pull out the day of the fight or, you know, I got COVID and I can't corner Anthony or whatever, man. And I always think, man, like I've survived a lot more. I'm going to be fine. You know? So, um, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. So it's pretty much it. Absolutely. Coach, one go last e time. Uh, go Eagle. <laughs> go Eagle. Go e yeah. I, I don't know if I can endorse that one, but I can't really stand on, uh, stand on too much, too much as a Broncos fan right now, considering we played without a goddamn quarterback. So, <laughs> I don't know how listen, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I'm not, I, I, I get it. 
but it's I think it's a little funny how the NFL is trying to push for Lamar to play, yet the Broncos can't have a goddamn starting quarterback. Like how far are you gonna push them back? And how how screwed are the Steelers gonna get having to go right. all the way till Wednesday? Then you gotta turn around on Sunday play and play again. Monday. Right. Well, I think they've moved that Sunday game to Monday. They gave them the extra day, but still it's like Even if you have still. a coach, I mean, yeah, it's still it's it's not fair. And I get it. Life's not fair. And if you're a high-level athlete making millions of dollars, you should be able to improvise and, and roll the punches and so on. But it's like it's 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 like you're giving them the Brady treatment a little bit. You know what I mean? And I hate pulling that card, but because because I, I like Tom Brady, but it's like come on, man. Like when's when's enough enough? Like you know? Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting season, man. I, I, I watched that, that game last night kills me because it's like I'm a big Carson Wentz guy. I love I believe in Carson Wentz, but it's like, can you put a blame on a guy that's been sacked four to six times because he's had ten different starting offensive line rotations and and all these guys are dropping passes and he's passing to to relative nobodies that are they're improving. It's like how much can you really put on, on that guy? Now can can he make better throws and and do make a little bit better decisions here and there, yeah, probably. But it's like this isn't a team sport, or this isn't an individual sport. It's a team sport. Like you got, you got, you got to win in the trenches. You have to win on the offensive line. Your quarterback needs time. You know, you know what I mean. If you want your 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 fast receivers to gain any separation and run good routes, that battle starts at the offensive line. So uh, it's it's definitely it's frustrating. Because, like I said, I, I sometimes I have to I have to put my fan helmet on, get out of my coaching, you know, <laughs> coaching element. Because you know I'm I'm sitting there watching games and I'm like, all right, it's a Tampa two blitz. You better freaking run the seam route. You know what I mean? Like I have to just just be a fan. <laughs> I want my school two years ago. You know, don't get too greedy. Like. <laughs> Oh, I, I feel like as a as a Broncos fan, I almost sold myself out on that one when uh, when we finally went that last year with Peyton because I knew that was going to be his last year of being in the fold and playing. Like, I think you know, uh, me along with a lot of other Broncos fans made the made the dumb statement that I don't even care if we're terrible for the next couple of years, as long as we cash out and we get this one right now. Well, yeah. be careful what you wish for. Yeah, because sometimes it comes true, and yeah. we have been bad. Right, it's it's because Peyton didn't play great that year, and the the, the defense yep. won you that Super Bowl that year. You know, uh, defense in Peyton's brain. And Peyton, right, and and because you got to think, defenses will play differently against certain quarterbacks. You know what I mean? And that's where you get a guy like Peyton doesn't have to play great, but he can manage a game and, and keep the ball in a position where you're winning field position battles, you're winning time of possession, you're winning um, um, the, the, the balance of, of the, the run pass game. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy how, like, you can get the – I mean, look at, look at Brady. He's not having a, a year like, like Russell or Aaron Rodgers, but yet Tampa Bay has got a winning record. Mm-hmm. And they're going to compete maybe for, you know, a wild card spot. And they're going to make it to the playoffs. So, 
yeah, man, it's it's interesting. It's I, I can talk football all day, man. I'm, I'm a big I'm a big football guy. So I just uh, I just hope we're able to finish the year out and they're able to tack, co- tackle COVID and we're able to have fans in the in the stadiums next year. Because um, like I said, that's one of the things I like to do the most is, is go to football games. So definitely, you know sure. what? None of those other quarterbacks or none of those other guys had to have happen. They were never put in a situation where you had a guy who was a practice squad wide receiver signee. You never asked him to drop back multiple yeah. times and huck the ball down the field. You yeah, know? right. Exactly. And it's like that poor kid was put in an unwinnable position. Right. And it's, it's shitty. And, you know, and it's like, you're playing the saints one of the hottest teams in the NFC. You're not playing the Lions at home. You're not playing, you know what I mean? It, right. It's, it's kind of shitty, but uh, good for that kid for stepping up, though, man. You have to know, I don't know if I'm going to win this game. I've never taken an NFL snap before, and and I'm probably going to get creamed, but kid stepped up to the plate, man. You know, you need guys like that, that, that next man up mentality. You need to have it. You know, uh, absolutely got to salute him, you know? Yeah. The Super Bowl team, you know, they had Carson Wentz went out when he was the MVP candidate. Jason Peters went out. Um, Darren Sproles went out. Uh, uh, Jordan Hicks went out. Their leading tackle. They had so many things. And it's just next man up. Who's up? Who's up? Who's up? So you kind of have to have that mentality. And that's where I think coaching is is really big in the NFL. It's, you know, you got to – got to motivate your guys man you got to be able to be a player's coach so yeah. absolutely absolutely who's, who's the who's the broncos coach right now vic fangio so okay. he he was the uh he was the d coordinator with the bears a few years ago yeah and, yeah. and, and then came over but and to to give credit the defense has played great you know yeah. or, They've, they've done a very good job throughout the year, but Pat Shermer's offense, I feel like this is just my opinion to it. Yeah. So take, take what it is, what you will, all you football fanatics. Yeah. You have not done anything to help your defense in that sort of, you know, like, like case in point the other day, you have a kid who has never thrown an NFL pass, has never even played in the NFL up to this point. Right. And you're making him drop back and putting him in these low percentage throw situations. You know, I mean, how, how are you going to expect him to know your route tree progressions from that side as a quarterback yeah. and to be able to react at that speed? Why not? If you're, if you want him to throw, why not call more high percentage plays, slant screens, some of those bubble yeah. routes, those little things that give him some confidence versus yeah. making his very first pass that he throws uh, a number or, or a throw down the sideline outside the numbers, you know, like th- those little things like that just don't make sense. Well, you have or, to think a safety or a cornerback is going to be like, this kid's not used to stretching the ball like that. I'm jumping routes. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm playing the ball. I'm not even playing the receiver because I don't know how accurate this kid is and he's probably going to make some, some mistakes. So yeah, it's a little unfair to, to, to that kid to, to put him in situations like that. Um, but NFL is crazy, man. NFL is a, it's, it's a crazy year. It's a yep. crazy year. Yeah. Definitely. So one last time, coach, where can people follow you and follow the team? Um, they can follow my Instagram at coach Danny Molina and they can follow the, the team's Instagram 
at Skywalker 101 Boxing and then Facebook Skywalker 101 Boxing. So we, like I said, we put out our information there, pictures, videos, upcoming fights, news, and stuff like that. So, yep. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time here today, yeah. Coach. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on. Yep, definitely. So this is the Comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. I am Jordan Kurtz. You can also catch me featured on the MMA plug powered by denversportsbetting.com on Mile High Sports Radio. Host that show weekly with the voice of the Le Legacy Fighting Alliance, the one and only Ron Crook. And you can also check out my weekly column on denversportsbetting.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you very much.